0: in me, but that the world may know that I love the Father, and as the Father gave me commandment, even so I do arise, let us go hence. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we come before You this evening thankful for the opportunity we have to study Your Word once again. Lord, we pray that You would manifest Your Word to us, make it plain, make it clear as we complete this study in John chapter 14, and as we complete context of your Holy Spirit. Heavenly Father, we pray that you would help us to focus on you tonight. Help us to give you the preeminence in our life. In Christ's name, amen and amen. You may be seen. We're going to move fairly quickly and I don't want anybody to think it's because it's Super Bowl Sunday because it's not. I'm afraid I have so much material that I won't get to all of it. If we don't, we'll save it for the next time. Uh, but I want to make sure that we completely understand what we're dealing with here when we look at the Holy Spirit. Uh, And so I want us to take a look. We're going to go ahead and uh, let's put that first point up on the screen. I want us to first of all notice the authority of the Holy Spirit. This is extremely important uh, to the Bible student. because There are those teachings that the Holy Spirit is, God. He's just a messenger from God. But I want us to look back at verse 26. The Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name. Whom the Father will send in my name. Now, we already know that Jesus Christ has claimed the we looked at the deity of Christ uh, in the first part, or rather the latter half of our study of John 14, verses 7 through 14. And now Jesus is saying that the Holy Ghost that is being sent is not just some random messenger like Gabriel, but is from the Father and is sent in the name of Jesus. significant. Uh, in Jesus name gives us that picture of authority. Look at Matthew 24. Let's turn. Matthew 24, look at verse look at verse five. Hopefully we'll understand the significance of this phrase in my name. How are we told to pray in Jesus' name, right? Does that mean that when we pray we just tag in Christ's name or in Jesus' name at the end of our prayer? No. When the Bible tells us in His name and when Jesus says that He's coming in my name, that gives us the picture of having equal authority. When I tell Jade, Jade, go tell your brother, Dad said to get up here and to clean his room. She is going to tell Ben in my name with authority to get something done. You see how that works? That, that's the When we're praying to the Father, we recognize that we're not praying in our own power and of our own authority. When we approach the throne of God, we approach it, in the name of Jesus, because of His name, and because of His death, burial, and resurrection, we have been given the authority to do so. And so, in the name of Jesus, the Holy Spirit is coming with that same authority. And here are some examples of this phrase, in the name of Christ. For many, verse number 5, Matthew 24 and verse number 5, in my name, saying I am what? Christ. I am Christ. What are they doing? Coming authority of Jesus Christ, or at least that's what they're telling people. But they're, people, they're coming and saying that in the name of Jesus. But their end goal is deception. Look at Mark chapter nine. We see the same context, the same uh, reference chapter. Nine, I believe it is. Well, different context, but let's look at Mark nine. Look at thirty nine. And John answered him, saying, Master, we saw one casting out devils, how? In my name, and he followeth not us. And we forbade him, because he followeth not us. But Jesus said, Forbid him not, for there is no man which shall do a miracle in my name that can lightly speak evil of me. So how does this man have opportunity to cast out devils? Because he is not speaking he is in agreement, so to speak, with God. Therefore, he has the authority of Jesus Christ. And so he's going in the name of Jesus. One more passage, Luke 21. Look at verse 8. same as Matthew 20, the latter days, Luke 21, in my name, say, I am Christ, and the time draweth near, go ye not therefore after them. So we see the example and the phrasing in my name, teaches us that they're coming, presenting themselves either as the anointed one or with the same authority as Jesus Christ. Now, who has the same authority as Jesus Christ? Well, only God, amen, because Jesus is God in the flesh. But here's the wonderful teaching of being able to approach God in the name of Jesus, you have the same power as Jesus. Why? Because you have been given the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit was sent in His name. So we see the authority is from the Father. Deuteronomy 18. Real quick. Later on for a different reason. Look at Deuteronomy 18. In verse 18. Deuteronomy 18 and verse 18. I will raise them up a prophet from among their brethren like unto thee, and will put my words in his mouth, and he shall speak unto them. The prophet would speak would be the words of God. That's the prophetic reference to Jesus Christ in Deuteronomy verse 18. Now, go back to John 14. We're going to come back to Deuteronomy 18 in just a few minutes. We see that the Holy Spirit has been sent with authority. Why? Because the Holy Spirit is the third person of the Godhead. The Spirit points to the Son. The Son points to the Father. Amen? Amen glory for all. That's how it works. So we must recognize the authority that the Holy Spirit comes in, and it is in the same authority that Jesus came in. Why? Because they are both God. Next, we see the role of the Spirit. Roll. I don't know about you, but I'm hungry, and I said roll, and I immediately just started thinking of biscuits or something. Amen. I didn't eat lunch today, so I'm. That's the real reason we're hurrying. No, I'm just kidding. Amen. (laughs) Look at, uh, look at with me at verse 26. The Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, he shall what? Teach you all things. So, what is one of the responsibilities of the Comforter? To teach. Look at 1 John chapter 2. 1 John chapter 2. Here's something that just kind of struck me this afternoon. While stu- I-, I really was studying this afternoon. I wasn't joking about that, I- but that's not the reason I skipped lunch. 1 John chapter 2 and look at verses 20. We'll start at verse 20 and we're going we're to read a little bit here in 1 John chapter 2. Now, you- you'll remember what we've said about 1 John in this epistle. If someone is struggling with the assurance of their salvation, 1 John is a wonderful epistle to take them to. 1 John is also a great epistle to take almost any other cult or false religion when it comes to the deity of Jesus Christ. 1 John chapter 2, look at verse 20. Ye have an unction. What does that word unction mean? Well, the Bible calls it the anointing in verse 27. For sake of time, unction. This is the only place that I'm aware of that the word unction appears in your King James Bible. In context, and by the Bible, using Scripture to define Scripture, ye have an unction from the Holy One, and ye know all things. What is this unction? It's the anointing. Remember this morning we talked about the anointed ones? Who are the anointed ones? We are. What are we anointed with? The Holy Spirit. Amen? But ye have an unction from the Holy One, and ye know all things. I have not written unto you because ye know not the truth, but because ye know it, and that no lie is of the truth. Who is a liar but he that denieth that Jesus is the Christ? He is Antichrist that denieth the Father and the Son. Whosoever denieth the Son, the same hath not the Father. But he that acknowledgeth the Son hath the Father also. Let that therefore abide in you, which ye have heard from the beginning, if that which ye have heard from the beginning shall remain in you, ye shall also, ye also shall continue in the Son and in the Father. And this is the promise that He hath promised us, even eternal life. Verse 26, These things have I written unto you concerning them that seduce you. But the anointing which ye have received of him abideth in you. So where is that unction? Where is that anointing? It's in us. And ye need not that any man what? Teach you, but as the same anointing teacheth you of all things, and is no lie, and even as it hath taught you, ye shall abide in in Him. Verse 28, And now, little children, abide in Him, that when He shall appear, we may have confidence, not be ashamed before Him at His coming. Let's stop here. Well, there's a verse in the chapter. Let's just read it. Amen. If ye know that He is righteous, ye know that everyone that doeth righteousness is born of Him. Looking at the role of the Holy Spirit, what is His job? One of the purposes of the Holy Spirit, we talked this morning about the, the comfort that we have because of Him. We know that it's because of the Spirit we've been sealed. But we also need to recognize, John, that He shall teach you what? theme. Anointing from the anointing uh, from the Holy One. We, the Bible one know all things. Why? Because we have the Spirit of God that teaches us all things. Now I want to take a side note here, and we made the comment that 1 John is not only a great cha- epistle to take people to that doubt their salvation, but it's also a wonderful epistle to take people to. Say someone knocks on your door... Hi, we're so-and-so, we're the Jehovah's Witness, and to talk to you a little about coming kingdom, and, and so on and so on. Meet someone, and they're a Mormon. Amen? Well, First John would be a great book to take them to, especially chapter 2 in verse number 21 through 23. And here's the reason why. I have this little quick chart reference that compares Christianity with modern cults. Modern cults meaning Mormonism, Eastern mysticism, unification, church, the unity church, the Wiccans, which that's not really a religion, that's just a rebellion. Then you've got Christian science, spiritualism, Jehovah's Witness, and Scientology. Now I'm going to read you just a little bit about what they believe about Jesus. Jesus Christ, according to the Christian scientists, Jesus is the human man and Christ is the divine idea. Jesus is the human man, and Christ is the divine idea. Not that the human Jesus was or is eternal, not one with the Father, but fleshly. So what does Christian science believe? Jesus was a man. Spiritualism, Christ is nothing more than a medium of higher order. That's it. Just a man. Like a prophet who had... A direct access to God, the Jehovah's. They clearly say Jesus is not Jehovah God, but rather that was brought forth. believe that Jesus was the first creation by God. Use the sun, and so on and so forth. Oh, and by the way. Scientology, great teacher, though he's rarely mentioned. In... That was it. How about Mormonism? Mormonism, among the spirit children of Elohim, the firstborn was and is Jehovah or Jesus Christ, meaning that he is not God, but was the firstborn of God, to whom all others are. So we're juniors to Jesus, but we're about on the same level Jesus because we're just created beings. just happened to be the first one born. Eastern mysticism, that all religions are uh, immemorial of just different branches of the main trunk of the eternal religion represented uh, by the different uh, uh, powers. The Christian church says, Jesus was different from us, except without original sin. So He wasn't God, but He didn't have original sin says that God is not a, a person having life, intelligence, love, or power, but God is that invisible, intangible. The, and when they get to Jesus Christ, this Christ or perfect main idea existing eternally in the divine mind. That's what they believe about Jesus Christ. Now, look at Genesis 2 and verse 21 again. I have not written unto you because ye know not the truth... But because ye know it, and that no lie is of the establishment truth. Who is a liar? That Jesus is the Christ. So, the Bible says about those religions, they're lies. That's what the Bible says. If they deny that Jesus is the Christ, notice, he is Antichrist, that denieth the Father. And the Son. Whosoever denieth the Son, the same hath not the Father. But he that igno- hath the Father also. We understand from the Word of God. So, any next time you have a knock on your door, Jehovah's Witness. Now, remember, remember, when knock on your door, it's important to remember the person you're speaking with, they're just in training. They're just in that's important. We don't need eating them over the head with a Bible. We're being trained to train others to turn people away from. Hey, okay, well, I appreciate you stopping by. I appreciate you knocking on my door. If you know, if you've got just a second, I wanted to ask you a question because. What do you believe about Jesus? Oh, he was a good person, a prophet, he was a good man, and, and, and he's, he's part of, uh, of that great plan of God. Well, 1 oh, John 2, and then take him to verses 24. 20. Read verse 24. Well, we believe in Jesus, we just don't believe that he is God. Then you take him to 1 John 5 7. There are three very the father the word and the holy ghost and these 3 are one well we believe that word there is in jesus oh okay well but why lest we be tossed about with every doctrine we need to understand what we believe about jesus christ understand why we believe that because it is Faith in Jesus as the only begotten Son of God that is the only thing that offers us hope for eternity. It is the only thing that offers us the gift of the Spirit. How do we learn these things? Trusting in the guidance of the Holy Unction, that, that, that anointing that we have been given at salvation. Not only does the, not only is the Holy Spirit teach, but then look back at John 14. He bring all thing or in the verse, he shall teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance whatsoever I have said unto you. What was the role of the Holy Spirit for the apostle? He was going to bring to their remembrance what Jesus had said, so that write them down in the Word of God. What does the Holy Spirit do for us? He reveals the things of God. Look at Acts very quickly, chapter one. One, look at verse number... Welling, it happens in sixteen. We see the same thing. To them that took Jesus. Well, but wait a second, the Holy Ghost is New Testament. It's the Old Testament. Amen. It just goes to show you, remember what does Hebrews say? Holy men of God spake as they were moved by what? The Holy Spirit. And here in Acts chapter 1. So, what does the Holy Spirit lead us to do? It leads us to bear witness, to reveal to the darkness Jesus Christ. Look at Colossians chapter 1. Verse twenty six Colossians chapter Even the mystery which hid from ages and from generations, but now. Manifest to who, the saints, to whom God would make known glory of this mystery among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory, whom we preach, warning every man and teaching every man that we may present every man perfect. unto who I also labor, striving according to his work, worketh in me mightily. How was mystery made manifest? The Spirit revealed it. Amen. It's important that we understand that. So we see the authority. The authority is from God. Why? Because it is God. Then we see the role of the Spirit, not as a comforter, not only as seal, not only as the earnest of our but the Role is to teach and to reveal. And then third, let's. Just three, there's multiple gifts, and these are not in any way of importance. that's given to us in verse 27. Peace I leave with you, but whose peace is it? My peace. That's Jesus. Remember Romans 14 and verse 17? Romans 14, 17. to any peace. It's the peace of Christ. We are a part of the kingdom of God. The peace of Jesus Christ. What other kind of peace, or or rather, what other kind of gift are we given? Look down with me at verse 28. Ye have heard how I said unto you, I go away and come again unto you. If ye loved me, ye We have the gift of peace, but because of what Christ did, because of the Holy Spirit that's been given to us, we can have peace. We can have rejoicing. Why can we rejoice? Why can we rejoice? Well, we can rejoice because He advocates on our back to first John, chapter two. Look at verse one. My little children, we're the children. These things write I unto you that ye sin not. And if ye sin Christ is righteous. This is why Jesus told His disciples that when He told them that He was going to the Father, if they loved Him, because how do we become children of We love the Lord our God with all our heart, with all our soul, with all our might, with all our strength. How do we do that? By acknowledging who God is and placing our faith and trust in His finished work. That's how we show the love of the Father. So if we loved Him... Jesus told His disciples, then ye would rejoice. Because, why? Because when He goes to the Father, He's going to advocate on our behalf. Here in 1 John 2, verse 2. And He is the propitiation for our sins. And not for ours also, but also for the sins of the whole. He is our propitiation. He has taken our sins upon Himself, past, present, and future. And when we, John said, he as children would learn how to act, Amen. So that we know how to not sin. But if we do, we have an advocate, Jesus. And that We're talking about victory. in some people in our teen class. We can have victory even when we mess up. Because our propitiation is advocating on our behalf. Amen. For how long? Until the day of redemption. Until we receive our new bodies. Until we are like Christ. And then we won't need anyone for us. Why? Because we'll be like Him. I, I don't, I don't, sometimes Amen. I wonder if we get it. Amen? Amen. Sometimes I wonder if we grasp it. Look at it this way. How long have you saved? Think about that number. How many times since your salvation have you failed God and sinned? How many times have you let God down with your actions? Lied, stole, cheated, manipulated deceived, took God's name in vain. Oh, I don't curse. That taking God's name in vain is not using God's name as a curse word. That taking God's name in vain gives us the picture that you are claiming the name of Jesus Christ, but yet your claim is empty because you're living like the world. So every time, every time, you act like the world instead of God, you know what you're doing? taken His name in vain. I don't like it when people curse, but yet we'll live like the world Monday through Friday, and even on Sundays now. How many times have we done that? How many times since our salvation have we let God down? How many times have we sinned since our salvation? Boy, you start to think about that, and you just start to get a little down, start to get discouraged start to get a little upset and you start to think, I'm nothing and I'm nobody. And then you get to 1 John chapter 2 and verse number 1. If any man sin, we have an advocate. We have an advocate. Ever done something wrong, maybe as a young person, and you had that friend that your parents liked, and you wanted them to go on your behalf? And explain the story because you knew that if you went to your parents, you would two words out of your mouth before you got handed and told to go to your room, and Dad would meet you with the belt. Amen. You know what I'm talking about? That's just the way it was. And so you were concerned, you were nervous because you didn't think, and so you wanted, you needed someone to soften that blow. Amen. You needed someone to intervene on your behalf. You needed someone, maybe your or maybe it was your sister who you were convinced was the favorite. Amen. Will you just go to mom and dad and explain what happened, and then I'll come. And I will confess. Will... Yes. What is that friend doing? They're advocating on your behalf. What is that brother or sister doing? They're advocating on your behalf. They're going before the judge. And advocating for you. Pleading your defense. Now here's the great thing. Your brother and sister probably threw you under the bus. Amen. Your brother and sister probably ratted you out and you got in more trouble than you would have got if you had just confessed to begin with. Here's the way Jesus works when He advocates to the Father. Do you know what He does? He says, Father, this is washed with my blood. This one is a part of my body. And so when the Father sees us, He sees the Son. That's how He advocates. Notice, because He's our propitiation. And that gives us reason to rejoice. Look, we have an advocate. Not only that, look at Romans chapter 8. Not only can we rejoice, Romans chapter 8, we... verse 26. Look at verse 26. Likewise, the Spirit also helpeth our infirmities, for we know not what we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit itself maketh intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. Jump down to verse 34. Who is He that condemneth? Who is He that condemneth? It is Christ that died. Yea, rather again, who is even at the right hand of should be overwhelmed with rejoicing and understanding that the gift that Jesus gave to us was more than just an eternal home, filled with fire and gnashing of teeth. No, 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 my friend. The eternal gift that God has given us through His Son, Jesus Christ, is not only that we have an advocate when we mess up, but we also have someone who will intercede our petitions known unto the Father. When you're going through life and you don't know how to ask for what you need, Jesus Christ and the Spirit intercede on our behalf, so we can have peace, we can rejoice. But the greatest gift that was given to us, Spirit, it's John chapter fourteen. And now I have told you before it come to pass, that when it has come to pass. Might what believe? John chapter fourteen and verse twenty nine. Now I have told you before it come to pass that when it has come to pass, ye might believe. Look at Luke four, the last chapter in the Gospel of Luke, verse thirteen. Verse thirteen, look with me. Well, let's jump down to verse twenty-seven. Right. This is Jesus speaking now. He's already asked the two disciples why they were sad, Defeated. Verse 27. And beginning at Moses and all the prophets, he expounded unto them, them and all the things concerning who? Himself. Look at verse 30. And it came to pass as he sat and ate with them, he took bread and and, and to And their eyes were open, and they knew him, and he vanished out of their sight. And they said one to another, Did not our heart burn within us while talked with us the And they rose up and returned to Jerusalem and found the eleven gathered together, and them that were with them, saying, The Lord is risen indeed, and hath appeared to Simon. And they told what things were done in the way and how He was known of them in the breaking of bread. That faith that we have, Jesus says before His death, it was going to come to pass so that when it came to pass, these on the Emmaus Road, what, what were they struggling with? That someone had stolen they were concerned because they didn't believe that Jesus had risen from the grave. He told them he was going to be and raise from the grave. He told them it was going to happen. John chapter To keep your place there, Deuteronomy chapter eighteen, starting in verse number fifteen. The Lord thy God will raise up unto thee a what? Now, someone tell me, what's unique about that word prophet? It's a capital P. So, what prophet is it talking about? Well, we know, because hindsight's 2020. He's talking about Jesus. A prophet from the midst of thee, of thy brethren. So, what do we know already from the prophetic reference? The prophet would be... a but then notice me who's speaking the Lord, or well, hold on, telling the children of Israel, the priests of Levi, what the Lord, God. the Lord will raise up a prophet like unto me that's the reference to Moses unto him. Hearken Now remember, the Pharisees and the Sadducees, what did they ask Jesus? Constantly. Are you that prophet? This is why. They were looking for that prophet who was like who? Moses. According, verse 19, to all that thou desirest of the Lord thy God in Horeb in the day of the assembly, saying, Let me not hear again the voice of the Lord my God, neither let me see this great fire anymore, that I die not. And the Lord said unto me, they have well spoken, that which they have spoken. I, now who's speaking, God, I will raise them up a prophet from among their brethren like unto thee, that's like unto Moses, and will his mouth, and he shall speak unto them all that I shall command it shall come to pass, but will not hearken unto My words, which He shall speak in My name. Do you see that reference? Do you see the tie? Do you see the combination? The authority of God. That prophet. I will require it of Him. Now I want us to notice something. Well, keep your place here in Deuteronomy. Go to John 14. Go to John 14. The verse it all started with tonight. I want to see it together with me. The word which. sent me. Jesus is that prophet. Jesus is that prophet, and the reason that's a capital P is because we know that prophet is not just any prophet like Moses. That prophet is the only begotten of the Father. God in the flesh. How does this tie to our faith? Look at verse 22. Back to verse 18 now. Verse two. When a prophet speaketh in what? The name of the Lord. If the thing follow not nor come to pass, that is the thing which the Lord hath not spoken. The Bible is differentiating the prophet that is of God and not of God. Jesus had. Deuteronomy 8, verse 20. The prophet, which shall presume to speak a word in my name, that's with the authority of God, remember, which I have not commanded. Speaketh in the name of the Lord if the the thing follow not. nor That is the thing which the Lord hath not spoken. So then what? We don't have to honor. We don't have to respect that prophet. But what happened? John 14, 29. I have told you before it come to pass. Before what come to pass? It's death, burial, and resurrection. And not only that, but Him sending the Comforter, the Spirit of God. I have told you before it come to pass that when this has come, ye might what? Believe. Believe. What's happened since the speaking of Jesus Christ here? What has happened? He died. He was buried. And He rose again on the third day. And then He ascended to the Father. And there were witnesses that witness his resurrection, ascending to the Father, confirm Acts chapter 2, the Holy Spirit, that comfort has come. So what does that do? We've been given the gift of faith. We can believe the words of Christ, because if, if he had spoken falsely, none of it would have happened. He said, this is going to happen. And it did. We know that Jesus is in the name of the Father. And we have a wonderful gift of faith that causes us to rejoice and brings peace into our life. Let's pray together.